Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. Before we get started with today's show, I have another member of the Cryptocurrent family, Steve Miller, who's going to be telling you more ways that you can stay cryptocurrent. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. If you want more ways to engage with us outside of the show, come and join us over on Clubhouse the new app on iOS and coming soon to Android. On Clubhouse, we're bringing you brand new content every single week in a very fun and engaging way so that you can have conversations with us live. That's right, live. Talk to us, some great special guests, and you can join Richard and I every single week for a brand new conversation during our show, Let's Talk Crypto at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find me at my handle, at Stephen Miller. That's Stephen with a V, Miller. And Richard, what's your handle? R Carthon, C-A-R-T-H-O-N. And starting next week, you can also find us by joining our group. That's right. Search us at CryptoCurrent on Clubhouse and you'll find our group. Join up because every single week, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll have a brand new session for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CryptoCurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a very special guest. We have Jack with Wire. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing well. Nice to meet you, Richard. Great to meet you as well. I know that y'all have been very busy. Uh, right now, crypto is booming. A lot of great things happening. I'm excited to learn more about your company. But before we dive into that, first, I want to learn a little bit about you. Can you give us some background? Yeah, sure. So I'm Jack. I am currently the VP of business at Wire. I was actually the first employee. We started in 2013. So we've been around for seven, eight years now. and yeah, you know, before before that, I was uh, I went to UC Berkeley. I had studied economics and finance there, and so I understood a lot about just economic backgrounds and sorts of frameworks. So when I first heard about Bitcoin, I just kind of switched right into it and full time, working full time professionally. But you know, there, there was like a three year period between college and Bitcoin that I did other stuff in Internet of Things, as far as hydraulic equipments and kind of creating this smart hydraulic pump that, you know, used AI and ML to tell the equipment operator what's wrong with the equipment, right? And, and yeah, so, so it's, it was fun to kind of do stuff like that, but I definitely found my calling when I first learned about Bitcoin, which was in the middle of the bull run in 2013, I think it was toward October, is when I first heard about it. And then by December, I'm working at Wired, basically, this first wow. employee, so. so. I mean, pretty amazing that you learned about it so quickly all the way back in 2013. And that the fact that Wire's been around that long. So, you know, you've been in the industry for seven, eight years, roughly, and you've been growing and seeing how everything has been adopting and adapting. And it sounds like you've basically been able to build a product to meet the needs of currently, like, what's going on. So can you first explain, you know, what is Wire and, you know, what exactly y'all solve? Yeah, so, you know, Wire is now basically a payment API, kind of like Stripe or a banking as a service API. Uh, that, that is crypto compatible, right? So, so a lot of different teams come to Wire in the, so d- different uh, applications in the space when they need to do any fee on and off ramp for their users, right? If a user wants to go from US dollar to stablecoin or Bitcoin, 
right? Uh, Wire is basically this API that helps different teams and their end users to basically come onto the blockchain and, and get off of the blockchain, which we call fiat on and off ramps. And yeah, so you know, we service 250 plus platforms currently that use our platform for things like payment collection, payment disbursements, you know, FX, wallet management, and kind of like a full stack banking service API, except it's, you know, we're, we're not having our partners pay $20,000 a month in licensing fees for that. Right? We're kind of try, we're trying to lower the barrier of entry for right. other fintech on top of NORS to be able to get into the space and iterate and build things fast. You know, and, and so that we're trying to remove all the barriers up front so that any team can come and just take our API and start building products right away. Uh, and, and I think that'll help with adoption, help with you know, just different entrepreneurs that are trying different things you know, who are passionate about crypto. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about mass adoption a lot here. And one of the barriers to entry for a lot of companies who come up with these concepts is being able to get to market fast, right? Usually you have to spend a lot, a lot of time to build, to be able to move quickly. And it sounds like Wire is able to help you get up and running a lot faster and able to start collecting. So for the listener out there that either has a crypto business or knows someone that's in it and, and trying to figure out how they can, you know, utilize Wire, you know, take me through a use case of, of how that would work. So let's say, you know, you're a college student that has some friends and you are tinkering with blockchain or crypto and you, you know, hey, what is this thing? This is very cool. You want to get into the space and you learn literally, let's say, and you've been coding on some smart contracts and doing different things and you realize, hey, how do we actually onboard a user from the real world onto our crypto native application, right? You will come to Wire, right? You can create a production account with us, onboard with us as a partner, Right, you and your friends might be able to form like a company now, and, and you know actually onboard as a business. Right, we'll give you API keys. You'll be able to play within the test environments and just start building different payment flows from you know fiat to crypto to crypto to fiat. You know, there's so many different use cases that Wires API can service. It really depends on what our partners are building, right? And so our our new kind of uh, our vision statement is we help other teams to build out their visions. Right, and we, we just provide the underlying infrastructure in the traditional fiat world, as well as you know this agnostic blockchain infrastructure. Where you know so far we've only supported Bitcoin and Ethereum, and recently we started supporting Stellar because the gas fees got a little bit high for stablecoins, and USDC is moving to Stellar, so we'll be going there as well. Right, but you know, point being that we are blockchain agnostic, but so far we've been concentrating our focus and liquidity around Bitcoin. Ethereum ERC20 tokens and recently started. That's a really interesting point. You know, I want to stay on that topic right there for a second, simply because gas fees have been eating people up. They've actually been getting pretty absurd. And I think it's, it's making a lot of people uh, upset. And one of the ways that is kind of curing that are some of these, you know, alternatives to like an Ethereum, whether it's a stable coin or whether, you know, it's a Stellar or some of these other platforms, you know, how does either Wire help address that? Or, or where do you think the industry is going to help address that particular issue? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's obviously a macro development and people like, you know, teams like Wire are all part of the same kind of cycle right now, right? And, and when you're in a bull run, you're going to see this. At some point, we're going to go up to $50, $100 per transaction, gas fee, minor fees. That happened in 2017. This is not uncommon, right? But for, for actual utility of any dApps or payment flows, obviously that becomes crazy, right? Like, I mean, you know, we were trying to get away from the incumbents in terms of Visa, Master, or banking systems where these traditional payment networks, you know, charge a fee, right? And now you have a blockchain network that charges even more fees. Right. And, and a super and surcharge. 
Right. So, so you, you definitely have the situation um, where high demand causes high fees. Well, how do you get around that? You know, you can go vertically through, you know, ETH2 or, or layer two. Uh, you can go horizontal through, you know, uh, Avalanche or, or Near or, uh, you know, Celo and all these other ETH killer chains that have a bridge over Ethereum and, and the tokens kind of become transmutable, right? So you have USDT on Omni, USDT on Tron, USDT on ETH, USDT on another chain. And that token itself is transmutable in such a way that it can go across different blockchains or side chains or layer two solutions, right? So, so I think um, that's good. You know, this is all just with this ecosystem feedback. We're working with each other to figure it out. You know, solving one problem after the next, and you know, these are all good problems, right? It's great to have high demand as to why the fees are high. So, no doubt. And you know, it's interesting that people are having to find more and more unique ways to make things more affordable and lower their costs to be able to in- engage, right? So, as you said, through each bull run, and I think you know we're in the middle of a, a really nice one for everyone listening at the time of this recording. Uh, recently, Elon Musk has come out and talked about how they just invested 1.5 billion into the billion Bitcoin and how a lot of other uh, large companies are beginning to talk and speculate about also increasing their position in, in Bitcoin and, and, and greater crypto, which I think is a tall tale signal that we're heading to a larger bull run for the rest of this year. Where do you think or how do you think Wires uniquely positioned to help companies uh, during this gigantic potential new amount of people and money that's going to flow into this industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think on the corporate or the enterprise and institutional side of the business, you know, there's, there are very standard best practices for that. And it's basically called OTC trading, right? So if a corporate uh, that has, you know, a billion dollars cash on hand, they want to convert 5% to Bitcoin, they need to buy $50 million of Bitcoin. You're not going to do that with a credit card, right? You're, it's, you're dealing with accounting departments and different finance departments and, and obviously, there's a top-down mandate to do this. That you're, there's already a go-ahead, you know. So it's a very concierge service in terms of you know best pricing and execution across different exchanges. And, and but but that's on the OTC desk's backend, right? To be able to provide really good pricing at very low slippage for this corporate treasury uh, to be able to you know take out that that execution and trade. But once they 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 book the trade, you know, and they send this fifty million dollar wire transfer. There's, at the settlement layer, you know, it comes with this question of custody, right? And who's the custodian? Are you doing self-custody? Were you setting up your own setup with hardware security modules and, you know, MPC setups? Or are you trusting a custodian like Coinbase Custody, Gemini Custody, um, you know, whichever custodian out there that, that can hold funds for you, you know? And so Wire uh, has a solution for this as well. We, we have a dashboard for corporates to easily come, you know, use email and password and 2FA to secure accounts, right? Our approach is, we think it's still a bit early for most people to figure out how to hold their own private keys in a secure manner. And, and, and so what we've done is basically we've created what looks like a Web2 login, you know, with email, phone number, password. And, and we are the custodian, we're a custodial wallet, right? So we can help you to execute and we can help you to hold uh, some Bitcoin that you buy for your company. Right. And then the good thing about using wires kind of treasury management solution is you can also do other things once you buy and hold, right? So, so you trade and you custody, so you buy and hold. After you hold, you can also earn some interest with us. We have a savings wallet where you can put the Bitcoin that you just bought into this savings wallet that earns interest while you're holding, right? So, so, 
So because and, and these are different features that I think um, in the in the past few years have kind of come into the market, where it's enterprise grade solutions, right? The, we didn't have this in 2013, right? We didn't have this in 2015 even, right? And, and enterprise blockchain in 2015 meant something very different than what it means now. Um, and and uh, you know, back in the days, all the different teams basically set up everything in house, right? So so now now you have something like a curve or anchorage that gives you the MPC or, or HSM setups, right? But before, you know, Coinbase build their own. They build their own cold storage, one, one hot wallet, you know, and, and that's what inevitably became Coinbase custody. But, you know, it, it's something where, you know, why, because Wire was founded in 2013 as well, we have all of that stuff kind of built out in-house as well. Uh, and, and we're just trying to offer it to developers and to corporates in an easy-to-use interface, whether, whether that means dashboard or... or right. And I think what's smart about that, again, is meeting people where they are. So creating functionality and user-facing uh, capabilities that they're already familiar with so that they can start using uh, this new technology, right? Start using some of this Web3, some of this blockchains and, and be able to start collecting their money. And like you said, operate their businesses. So, you know, I think that's really cool. I think what y'all are working on is, you know, very timely. And obviously uh, I'm sure it's keeping you extremely busy. Like you were telling me uh, before we got on the show, uh, it, it, it's a good time to, to, to be in biz. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's this macro inflection in within the, you know, kind of financial ecosystem of the world, right? And there's, uh, the, the, you know, the Office of Currency Control allows banks to hold Bitcoin and stable coins and use public blockchain networks. You know, China is uh, creating their own digital, you know, currency electronic payment system. Uh, and, and there's, there's, we're at this point right now where I think, um, you know, whether it's banking or payments or FX or, or any of the traditional finance, you know, securitization and how do you trade uh, different securities. And there's so many different areas of finance that's being disrupted by this technology. And there are, you know, a handful of companies uh, that are, you know, at that inflection point. Wire, I would argue, is one of them. There are other companies. Circle, you know, is doing great work. Um, and and there's, there's, there's so many different teams that are tackling the, ang- the problem from different angles. And it all kind of comes back to adoption, right? Are you, you know, helping someone to buy Bitcoin through ATM, through some kind of cash points, um, through, you know, Apple Pay, Google Pay, through Visa Master, through, you know, you apply with your ACH and your bank account or wire transfer, anything from retail to institutional, you know, everyone is, it's a one-way street, right? So you're trying to onboard the world and, and um, you know, a lot of teams are tackling this and it's uh, very exciting times. And it's, we were in 2013 and 2017, now 2021 and it's, um, very, very awesome. And, you know, on that subject, I just kind of want um, to to go in a different direction is you've been in this space since 2013. Obviously, you know, you basically have eight years under your belt and you've seen ebbs and flows. And there's a lot that's going on, of course, with a big year of 2020 with COVID and everything else going on. It's kind of foundationally changed how we view um, economics throughout the world. And, and even with uh, the U.S. currently having to print a lot of money uh, for stimulus, the rest of the world doing that as well. Um, I read today that Bitcoin right now, from a currency standpoint, is the 15th most valuable currency in the world. And, you know, that's at like a $1.3 trillion market cap. I think crypto could easily get to $2 trillion, if not more, and continue to, to skyrocket in a very substantial way. Um, you know, where do you think as an industry, as, uh, you know, cryptocurrency, as it continues to evolve, where do you think we're headed? And let's just start with like the next year and then let's talk about the next decade. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Tantra Labs, where you can earn 12% in Bitcoin and Ethereum yearly. Tantra Labs is a team of researchers, engineers, and data scientists, economists, and optimists whose primary focus is in Bitcoin, which they believe will usher in a more prosperous future built on sound money. They offer real-time loan tracking, fast automated onboarding, 100% payment history, and multi-sig storage. And again, you will get 12% APY on the crypto that you loan. Tantra Labs is taking on international clients as well as clients in the U.S. except for the state of New York. For more information, please go to tantralabs.io. Again, that's tantralabs.io. Cryptocurrent is proud to announce a media partnership with Miami Crypto Expo. It is on April 21st and 23rd at the Intercontinental Downtown in Miami. This is an in-person event where there will be multiple types of activities from an NFT gallery to multiple workshops where you can go and learn hands-on information as well as keynote speakers. And it wouldn't be Miami without having a few parties as well. For more information, please go to expcrypto.io. Again, that's expcrypto.io. And make sure when you get your ticket to type the word cryptocurrent for a nice discount. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just taking a step back, right? Um, you, you have this kind of almost mathematically determined uh, bull run followed by a few years of bear market and a bull run. And, and all historical data says that that's going to keep on happening. I, I don't see any data that shows otherwise, right? We went from like a dollar to 1200 in 2013. We went from, you know, 400 to 20,000 in 2017. Uh, and we're going from like 10K to what looks to be above 100K by the end of the year. Um, and, and that's just adoption. We're just going, you know, we're going from like 2% adoption to 4% to 6% of the world are act, becoming active users, right? It's like the 70s right now, if you will, for internet. So, uh, and people argue it's the 90s or whatever. Like I would argue it's the 70s uh, or maybe 80s. But you know, it's, it's definitely very early. And this next year is simply going to be um, a bull run, right? We're, we're, we're going to go into 2022. You know, Tim Draper back in 2018, I believe, predicted that Bitcoin was going to be trading at $250,000 by 2022. That was his prediction. You know, some more conservative estimates are around 120K. But, but I mean, you know, that, that kind of, that Bitcoin, you know, being king, that the rice is all the tides, while there's, uh, you know, there's technical development from all these different chains of technologies, you know, Avalanche is doing pretty well right now. And they went from like $2 to $60 in a matter of a month and a half. Right. That's great. You know, so, so, but, but, you know, that, that's what happens in a bull run. Right. And, and um, so that, that's this next year. So if you think about it, you know, it's 2013, 2017, 2021, 2025, 2029, 2033. Right. So, so, you know, we're, we're approaching this point where a sat or a bit is going to equal a dollar and a hundred million dollars per Bitcoin is, you know, that, that's my personal stance uh, in terms of, you know, being bullish on Bitcoin. Um, but, but, you know, I, I'm looking at everything agnostically, looking at every chain for what it is in and of itself. And, and you know, it's anyone's game. But uh, DeFi is coming. DeFi, you know, is already here very much. DeFi has uh, Cash 22 in that, you know, there's no KYC uh, for like DeFi, and that's the whole point of DeFi. Um, but then for institutions, how can they enter DeFi compliantly? Um, that problem is an existential problem that has persisted since the beginning of DeFi. It's a philosophical debate. It's a compliance legal debate. Uh, and, and it's also a commercial problem that different teams are taking different angles at solving. 
right? And, and you know, everything is just being tokenized onto Bitcoin, onto the blockchain, onto you know Ethereum with the, all these different use cases that Ethereum can service. But but yeah, I mean, there's only so much asset in the world, and as it transfers over onto the blockchain, whether in the form of Bitcoin or DeFi or stablecoins, you know, or securities. Um, or other asset classes, right? It's uh, that's just going to keep on happening, right? VCs are pouring money in, retail is pouring money in, right? Crowdsource, crowdfunding, ICOs, right? And and the equivalent equivalent of that right now is obviously yield farming, where they're just copy pasting different protocols to uh, earn tokens on on this new um, protocol. It looks awfully like ICO twenty seventeen, but you know what? It brings capital into the space and it allows people to try things to see what works and sticks and, 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 and that feedback loop and in that macro ecosystem is a net positive, right? All in all. So, so yeah, so, so you just got to go on, I guess. It's, no doubt. I'm not sure. I'm answered, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. That definitely answered. I mean, it just talks about all the cycles that is, I mean, crypto, you mean, you've been in a lot of them, right? You, you, you hear about these stories where, where people talk about, you know, the bull run of, of, of uh, like 2013, it went up a couple hundred dollars or whatever, got to a thousand first time, then it dipped right back down to like three. And then next thing it shot back up. And it's like, I tell people that, yes, it's a, a high risk um, environment that crypto is. But when you look at it over time, it currently wins. If, if, you're, if you dollar cost average, if you stay for the long game, if you do all these things, typically over time, you do well. And I think too many people, especially... Uh, with everything going on with uh, the stock market, you have a lot of people who have a lot more time and they're on like Robin Hood and some of these other ones where they're like doing like day trading and they're like making some good money here or there and, and, and whatnot. And where I think a lot, and, and there's a lot of money to be made in that, but I also think, I mean, you can do the same thing in crypto, but I think there's more money to be made if you're playing the long game in crypto, your returns are just going to be substantially greater. Because um, if you go back in history at any point and you pretty much use any kind of strategy and if you would have held on till this point, you would be up tremendously. And so like, you know, what, what's your kind of take on uh, whether you're trying to like be in and out of the market or like playing the long game? Like, how do you feel um, about that? You have to know yourself, right? If you're not a trader yesterday, you're not a trader today. Right? And there's a difference between trading and investing, right? Your trading is a day in, day out thing. It's technical charts, it's, you know, controlling your emotions, it's experience, it's having... Uh, have, have, having an approach, right? And different traders have different approaches that they like to implement, uh, and, and there's they are they're all relatively successful, um, you know, by and large, in their own strategies, right? And that's a completely different beast than investing, right? Investing is in the long is long term outlook. Right? Do you believe in this company? Do you believe in this asset, right? And do, like, and that's why for me it was like, you know, I was working in like IoT or ML and doing like more. Like hydraulic and mechanical engineering stuff, and I was, you know, kind of CFO and CEO of my own kind of found, uh, um, startup when I was when I found out about Bitcoin. Right, I literally dropped everything and I came onto this ship because I believed in it so much. It, 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 I put myself into that in 2013. Right, so in the same way as you're investing, if you think that hey, you know, um, I, I think this is a great technology. I, I understand it. I, I intrinsically or intuitively understand why there's value in this thing, right? And then you, you, you just, like you're saying, put some skin in the game and, and set it and forget it. You're not a trader, right? You have to humbly know that, right? Like a lot of people get caught up and, they're, and they, they see them, their portfolio go up 200% and they think they're a genius. And it's like, well, 
you know, the, you, that was luck, right? You, you don't know how to trade. You don't know what technical analysis is. Or you didn't do your homework. You just got lucky, right? You should know that. That's not, I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about you. I'm just saying that it is what it is, right? And, and so just know the difference between investment and trading. And if you really want to get into it, you know, full-time working, you know, if you're working at a company right now where you have certain skill set, you know, that's very much translatable into crypto, you know, by all means, jump into, you know, start a career. It's, it's, I don't think there's a better time than now to get into crypto from every angle, whether it's your career, whether it's buying some crypto, you know, whether it's just learning more about it. No doubt. I think that's great advice. And, you know, our audience ranges from your brand new newbie that's trying to learn how to get involved in the space to your crypto OG who's just trying to learn about um, new and emerging companies and, and, and what's going on in the space. Uh, this question is just specifically to that newbie. Like they're on the hype train. They're trying to learn about crypto right now. You know, if you could go all the way back and give yourself advice when you first started, what would be like some first steps or things that you wish you knew ahead of time? Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, uh, <laughs> so, so we, we just talked about, you know, not selling, right? And, and not trading. You end up with less. And that, that hurts. That, that's one. Um, I think that's the big one. I think that really is the big one because, you know, when you first get in, it's basically through investing because right now, right now, that's the main use case is speculation, right? You're starting to see other use cases like payments, remittance, you know, FX, and, and other you know, DeFi use cases for borrowing money uh, and different things. But, but that, that's still very much early compared to traditional payment rails, traditional payment networks that are being used uh, you know, it's a, hundred, a thousand to one in terms of ratio. So that's so, so. Most people are coming into crypto basically seeing it as a new kind of investment class, right? And so, so the first rule of thumb is just invest, buy and hold, right? Buy and just see what happens until twenty twenty five, right? And, and, and give it to somebody else or something. But let, let someone, let your wife hold it, where or somebody you trust, not you know, take it away from where you because you get caught up in your emotions, right? Like I, I had no experience trading. And, and I would, I would FOMO, I would FUD, I would, you know, get scared. It would be fear. There will be, you know, doubts and I will do stupid things. And now I have a lot less Bitcoin than I did. Right. And, and, and I'm sharing that story humbly to say, Hey, you know, it is what it is. And, and I am not one of those Bitcoin millionaires. Right. And I'm, I'm just full-time employee at Wire here. Um, but, but I could have been, you know, a lot of people could have been if you just bought and hold, right. Knowing that, Hey, you know, people think, it's already too late, right? When it's, when it's $500 too late, $5,000 too late, $50,000 too late. Like, well, if you look at where things are going, this is going to 250, 500K, a million, 10 million, 100 million. You know, it's, you're going to have one big, what happens when one Bitcoin costs $100 million and you bought, you know, one for 50K? Like, what is 50K to $100 million per Bitcoin? And so if you really understand that, if you, if you look at the historical data and how things move throughout time, um, like I'm saying, it's almost mathematically it's almost mathematically determined by the halving and the supply and the adoption that causes the price to go up, right? And, and, and number go up. There's, there's a reason why these means exist. Number go up because it does. It really does. So so just buy and hold. Find a secure, you know, a custodial setup. If you understand non-custodial setup, you know, go to Casa Bitcoin Wallet, go to Exodus Wallet, BRD Wallet. Right? There's all these different non-custodial wallets, self-custody wallets where you hold your own private keys. You know, and, and there's custodians like Coinbase, or you trust somebody else to hold your coins. There's one, one of the two, right? So, so just educate yourself. Really get some skin in the game and just educate yourself. I think that is 
absolute great advice. Um, thank you for for doing all that. And you know, I think you've dropped a, a lot of great knowledge on us here today. As we wrap up, you know, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all of our listeners here today? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a it's a generational play. Uh, I think crypto is here to stay. It's already proven that. Uh, even banks and governments are getting involved now. It's not like 2015, 2017 even. The institutionalization of crypto is already, it's been progressively happening. And right now it's, it has never been in the world where all the you know, family offices, high net wealth individuals, and all the corporates and different enterprises are even getting into this. And, and so it's only going to be more and more of this, right? So, so I think, um, yeah, yeah, just be patient, try to enjoy the ride and, and uh, educate yourself and hold your coins properly. And yeah, just be strapped along for the ride. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a crypto world. It's going to be amazing. Um, thank you so much for that final thought. Um, and thanks again for, for, for spending some time with us today. You know, what are some ways that people can connect with you and also learn more about Wire? Yeah, so you can uh, find us on Twitter at SendWire, right? That's S-E-N-D, like send, like receive. Wire with a Y, um, you know, because we're Silicon Valley and you change letter and it's like lift with a Y and now you're a company. <laughs> so wire transfer, right? So FX and payments. But um, yeah, so send wire. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. My handle is demonopolize. It's with a Z. Uh, so, you know, the decentralized demonopolize. Yeah. So that's me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, Jack, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And for everyone listening, stay cryptocurrent. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew, we want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from A. Bryant 41. You can tell that Richard has a passion for connecting the unknown to the listener. He makes crypto a lot easier to comprehend. It's one thing to know what crypto is, but to understand is what the podcast has helped me to do. Love it. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent.